This is the Comics Vault Podcast! Let's crack open the vault. So, I'm ready? Hello and welcome to the Comics Vault Podcast, episode number 7. Happy 4th of July. Uh, this episode is... Brought to you by the Krusty Krab. Where I order the food, he cooks the food, I deliver the food, we do this for 40 years, and then we die. Enjoy. I'm your host, David of PA Nerd Cosplay. Uh, Neil is my co-host, who is not here again today. Uh, Bruce Wayne decided he wanted to uh, take Neil on a tour of Wayne Manor. So that was, you know, a huge honor there. So he's at uh, Wayne Manor today. We are a day late. Um, the comics come out yesterday. But today is the 4th of July. It's a special episode. We have a uh, big interview today um, with uh, Roger Bumpus. He is the voice of Squidward along with many others. If you go to Google and type in his name and click and see what he's been in, he's been in a lot of stuff, but he's mostly well known for uh, Squidward in SpongeBob SquarePants. Two days ago, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home released. I saw that opening night um, with a friend of mine and his girlfriend. Uh, in a little bit, I'll get a a small review of that. I won't give anything away. Um, but first of all, let's get into the comics that are coming out, or I guess come out yesterday. Um, if they're in your box, go get them. Or, you know, Neil's going to be open today for a few hours, so stop in and grab them before they're all gone. Let's see. We have Age of X-Men, Prisoner, uh, Prisoner X number 5, Analog number 6, Background number 36, Batman Nightfall XL, I believe that's a statue. Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, number 3 of 6. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, number 6. Captain America Invaders Bahama Triangle, number 1. Cosmic Ghost Rider Destroys Marvel History, number 5. Deceased, number 3. Dead Man Logan, number 9. Deathstroke, number 45. Doom Patrol Weight of the Worlds, number 1. Dreaming number 11, Fantastic Four Prodigal Son number 1, Gideon Falls number 12, Green Lantern number 9, Harley Quinn number 63, Ignited number 2, Immortal Hulk number 20, Invaders number 2, second printing, Justice League number 27, Lois Lane number 1, Miss Marvel Annual number 1, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic number 79, Old Man Quill number 7, Punisher number 13, Savage Avengers number 3, Savage Avengers number 3, Why You Carnaged variant, Secret Wars, Secret Warps Soldier Supreme annual number 1, Sonic the Hedgehog number 18, Spider Gwen Ghost Spider number 10, Star Wars Aeor Finn number 1, Star Wars Target Vader number 1, Superman Up in the Sky number 1, Swordmaster by Gunji Folded promo poster, Transformers number 8, True Believers Absolute Carnage, Carnage USA number 1, True Believers Absolute Carnage She-Venom number 1, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl number 46, Uncanny X-Men number 21, and Walking Dead number 193. So those are the comics that uh, come out yesterday. Um, so if you have them in your box, go pick them up. Like I said, Neil's going to be open for uh, 
a little bit today. Um, but a couple things happened this past week. Uh, I know as of yesterday, they cast Ariel for uh, My Little Mermaid. Or My Little Mermaid. The Little Mermaid. Um, her name is Haley ba- Bailey. Bally, I think that's how I pronounce it. I don't, I don't know who she is. Uh, it was up between her and Zendaya, which, you know, I'd a little older. I know who Zendaya is. I'd, pro- I'd probably would have rathered her. Um, and she, like I said in the last episode, she wore her red hair because people thought she had got the role two weeks ago, but she just said it was homage to MJ. Um, but along with that, they cast uh, Ursula with Melissa McCarthy. I don't know how she sings, but I think that would be a good fit for that character. Usually Disney doesn't do a terrible job of casting. Um, I'm still a bit iffy on the whole my, uh, or Little Mermaid thing with uh, who they cast. You know, maybe, maybe it'll be okay. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just old-fashioned. I like characters to be left alone the way they are, but, you know, I, it might be good. Uh, Aladdin was good. They did a pretty okay casting job there. Um, a big one that people have been waiting for since... Uh, Teen Titans go to the movies. At the end of that movie, there was a uh, a snippet of the original Teen Titans. So they just released the trailer for Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans. Um, I think from what it looks like, they have to team up to fight um, Raven's father from both universes um, to stop him from taking over the world. So that that's you know going to be pretty huge coming out. Um, but before we get into the interview, uh, we'll talk a couple things about Spider-Man since that had released on Tuesday. Um, oh, before we get into that, if you haven't seen yet and you're a fan of the show, Stranger Things Season 3 dropped today. My wife and I had just watched the first episode, and so far it's really good. I mean, I don't know how they're going to top Season 2. Season 2 is really good. Season 1 was still better, in my opinion. But so far, Season 3 is really good. Um, it really shows the dynamic of how the you know characters are getting older. And, and I don't know, it, just, it just seems really good. But uh, we'll get into some Spider-Man stuff here. Um, the first thing I saw last week was something Tom Holland had said. He wants to do a body swap with Wolverine which would be hilarious in the comics. And I think in the, the latest Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon show that uh, stars Drake Bell as Spider-Man, there is a body swap where Wolverine, Logan, and Peter Parker switch bodies, which it's just one of those comedy kind of things where they're trying to figure out, one, how to get back into the other person's body, and two, how to control the other person's powers and deal with uh, that struggle of, you know... How do I, you know? How do I interact with people as this person? So I think that would be pretty funny. And uh, along those lines, with Tom, just Tom Holland himself, from what I'm understanding from uh, InsideTheMagic.com, they had released an article saying that Marvel has planned to do at least seven more Spider-Man movies with Tom Holland. Now, to what I understand, the Far From Home was Tom Holland's last contracted. Spider-Man movie with this whole Marvel Sony deal. So, I don't know if after this Sony's going to be like, "Okay, well, we're taking him back. We want him, you know, we're just so sole, solely us as 
we are going to do Spider-Man, which honestly, I don't want that happening because we've seen how they did what they did with uh, The Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2, which in my opinion are the worst films besides Spider-Man 3. They're the worst films to date. The only thing I liked about The Amazing Spider-Man 2 was his suit. As a, you know, classic nostalgia type guy I am, I love the look, the car, the comic cartoony look of that suit. But I have to say that this, the Far From, or not Far, the Homecoming suit has really grown on me because of how bright the colors are. And, you know, you can see that it's Spider-Man and, and, and it's, you know, not too oversaturated. And I don't know, I just, to me, it's just it's starting to really grow on me. But I really don't want Sony just taken back. I hope they give Marvel back the rights. Say, you know, you guys are doing a good job for so much you can buy them, which, you know, Disney, I would assume, has the money to buy back if Sony would allow them. And to finish out, you know, this Spider-Man saga, because they're in talks of, I think there was a, a talks of a trilogy, Spider-Man Far From Home, or Homecoming Far From Home, in my opinion, should be Home Alone, but, you know, I just made a spoof poster of that if you want to check it out on my Facebook and, you know, download timeline. But, uh, yeah, I, there's supposed to be a trilogy that they want to do, but the article had said, uh, in, uh, I'll quote it, everyone's favorite neighborhood superhero is just about to swing back to the big screen in home, in Far From Home, which happened Tuesday. And according to a new report, it seems there may be more, many more iterations of the current franchise to come. According to We Got This Covered, it seems Marvel could be planning up to seven more films featuring the high-flying hero. From this rumor, it's believed that the franchise will include one more movie with Peter Parker in high school, which would be the third um, movie in this trilogy that they were planning. Uh, following that, it's said three films with him in college, and top it off with the franchise, and it's believed a third trilogy with an adult Spider-Man doing adult things. So Marvel, they're kind of on top of things, that they really want to, uh, you know, continue with Spider-Man themselves, and I'm hoping that's that's the case. But uh, you know, we'll just have to see what it goes from there. But you know, from as my, I wouldn't say Spider-Man expert opinion because I'm not, you know, I I wouldn't call myself a Spider-Man expert. I know a good bit, but there's people that out there that know a lot more than I do. But um, with Far From Home, it is, it was a really good movie. Um. Neil said he enjoyed it. It wasn't his favorite. It wasn't. He wouldn't have called it amazing. Um, I thought it was really good. I still have to say I like the first one better. But the more I think about what happened in the second movie, it's starting to kind of go up on my list. But the movie itself was really well done. the The new costume in it, I like how he gets it. You know, I'm not, I don't want to spoil too much of of the storyline. But uh, you know, obviously we know Tony Stark is dead from Endgame. If you haven't seen Endgame. Shame on you. It's been out for over a month now. And they just released it back in theaters to try to beat Avatar. And still they're still trying to get it. It, it hasn't happened yet. But but anyway, um, he has to do the hero thing on his own. So he's, you know, struggling with that. People would keep asking him, you know, are you the next Iron Man? Or, you know, what are you going to do now? So... It's up to him to figure out what he's going to do. And, you know, the whole point of this movie is he's, he wants to just go on vacation. He wants, he just wants a break from, from all the Spider-Man stuff, all this hero stuff. But it follows him to his trip, which happens in a couple different countries, which is pretty cool how it pans out, how they get to each country. Um, but, you know, he runs into Mysterio and they team up to fight 
these uh, uh, el- elementals that show up. I won't tell you, you know, why they're there or what they're doing, but yeah, they they team up. They have to fight those um, to save the world is the whole point of this movie. Um, wink, wink. Uh, but I, I have to say that the way they did MJ in this movie was really well done compared to the first one. She was less... In my, to the way I see it, she was less rights activist and kind of, you know, has to have some kind of reason behind things. She was a normal teenager that had an interest in just dark things, and that was her interest. And it didn't really, she didn't have a an, an agenda, let's put it that way, the entire movie. It was just, oh, I like this stuff. I'm dark. That's my personality. And, like, they really changed her character from the first movie, which the way she they did it, I really enjoyed. They uh, did it pretty smoothly from the first movie into this. And the whole dynamic between her and Peter actually worked. Like, in the Amazing Spider-Man series, I thought that a lot of that romance was very pushed. I get that Peter Parker has to have a romance interest, a love interest to kind of give him that human-like struggle between being, you know, a teenager, a superhero, and having, you know, responsibilities and having people to take care of. But it was pushed. There was too much in it that they could have done without that they really didn't need in that movie. But in this movie here, it was needed. It really added to the story. You had to have it to give him that struggle of, I'm a hero, but I want to be a normal person, but I, I can't because... I have these responsibilities and I have to take care of my friends and these people. And it really shows that struggle between him being a hero, a teenager, a high school student, you know, and a nephew. And it just, it really puts it into perspective. Um, but the way they did Mysterio in this movie, I won't give anything away, but what you think about Mysterio, I mean, if you're a big Marvel fan and know about know about him in the comics, you're probably right. But how they did it was phenomenal. I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal played a fantastic Mysterio, and just how they brought him into it and do him throughout the movie is just fantastic. Um, but I don't really want to give a whole lot away from the story, um, so we'll we'll leave it at that. Um, but I, I gotta say, you know, go see it. If you haven't, um, it's only been out for two days now, so you got a lot of time. But we'll do a uh, more detailed review later on after it's been out for a while and people have got a chance to see it. So, But yeah, I went to the uh, premiere. I guess not premiere. Neil went and saw it on Monday. I was like, how did you get He goes, oh, I have connections. I'm like, well, send them off to me. I want to go see it early. But yeah, he got to see it Monday, so he told me you know, what he thought of it. But I saw it Tuesday, the uh, main opening night, with uh, Dylan who uh, has a Mysterio costume he's working on, or it's technically finished, but he says he's, you know, he's got a couple things to tweak on it. Uh, so he was, uh, sadly, I couldn't get there in time for us to do some pictures out front. I did get flooded with pictures before and after the movie. Um, but we got to, you know, we got, went and saw, we talked for a while afterwards. So, but yeah, we got to go, I went in costume, and I, I really suggest going to see this movie. It's It's a very fun movie. Even if you don't like, you know the story of itself and how it was done, uh, it, it's still a fun movie to go see. So I highly recommend it. I'd, I'd give it a, a solid 8.9 out of 10 or a 9. You know, it, it's up there. Um, but now to the uh, main part of this episode, the interview with Roger Bumpus. Um, he, he is such a swell guy. He's, 
you know, it, it's so surreal to look at these voice actors and be like, I know that character you do, but it's different just staring you in the eyes and say, you know, you're the, the voice behind this character. But he was a real sweet guy. We uh, met outside the convention on a bench and just, you know, sat there and talked for, you know, a good while. So, but uh, yeah, sit back and enjoy the interview with Roger Bumpus and I'll talk to you afterwards. All right, so uh, I'm here with uh, Roger Bumpus. Is that how you say, pronounce your last name? No, it's Bumpus. <laughs> um, so he is the voice of Squidward and uh, many others from Nickelodeon and uh, other shows. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Roger. Well, I'm a five foot nine, 164. I love long walks on the beach and um, and and you know cotton candy and. Uh, I'm just a very boring person normally, so uh, I'm a little bit more boring right now for some reason. I, you caught me at a good time. <laughs> well, that's perfect. I mean, you know, uh, what got you into voice acting? Puberty. <laughs> I was, uh, I was, I had a very high voice when I was a kid, and when when uh, that came, uh, I dropped like the mumps, and I, I had this this announcer sound. So I said, well, I'll just go into uh, to the, that uh, radio and TV kind of thing. And I won an announcing contest in college, and so I said, so I majored in uh, radio and TV. But I got more interested in in uh, acting and stage work and stuff. So went ahead and got the uh, the old bro broadcasting degree, but. Uh, Sought out uh, 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 an acting career, left the wilds of Arkansas for New York City, New York City, and um, and the rest is somewhat history. So when, when did you start? Did, was it right after college, or did you figure you want to do something like that after high school? Or I always say uh, that I started in 1977. That's when I saw went out to to, uh, to New York City. Uh, but I was already doing uh, broadcast work uh, in, uh, t in Arkansas in uh, television, uh, local television station there and uh, summer, uh, summer stock in Indiana. And so just various things uh, that one could do, but then uh, I, I always say a 77 was my, uh, my, my beginning. You mean, so you weren't homeless and someone saw you alongside the street and like, hey, say something. And did you ever, did you ever see that story, the, the man with the golden voice? Yeah, yeah, I heard about that, yeah. Yeah, so. No, no, I, uh, I, I purposely sought everything and, and thank God was uh, very uh, blessed to, uh, to get uh, something right off the bat in uh, New York and uh, with a national lampoon. Hmm. And right, right before Animal House came out and they, they sent out this comedy and uh, rock music um, tour just to kind of promote the, the brand of National Lampoon. And we toured all over the country. It was a great uh, experience for a young actor on a bus. And uh, so um, I got a lot of good reviews. And the, the Animal House became a success, and Universal wanted to, uh, to do a new movie. Well, it was just about the time to do the next uh, Jaws movie. And so they decided to do a comedy version of Jaws. And the name of that film was going to be Jaws 3, People 0. <laughs> And I kind of had the, the lead in that as far as the script. And Bo Derek, I don't know if you remember that, but she was in the movie 10. She was gorgeous and still is to this day. Was in the uh, the script, in, in the cast. And um, according to that script, I was scheduled to have a love scene with Bo Derek. <laughs> and, but then, because we were going to so, show how uh, uh, Bruce worked, the shark of Jaws, um, for comedic purposes, uh, Steven Spielberg stepped in and said, no, that's going to ruin the fantasy of my movie, so <laughs> Universal, you better cancel this movie. And so what do you think they did? They canceled the movie. That's my, that's my Hollywood tragedy story. Well, <clears throat> so has there been any um, shows or anything that you wanted to do that you had tried out for that didn't get or anything like a story like that? or You know, that's always an unusual question to me because people say that and I have absolutely no answer because when you do an audition, what you have to do to keep you know, your sanity, you can't say, uh, in fact, you never say, boy, I did pretty good. I think I got a good, good chance for that. No, that's kiss death. 
Uh, so you do an audition and then you just put it out of your mind. And if something goes and, and you didn't get it, well, you, you probably sit back and say, well, I could have done a better job. Uh, but you, you, don't, you don't dwell on it. You just keep moving forward. It's like a shark. You have to keep swimming. So I don't really have any regrets about stuff that I didn't get or wanted to get or whatever. I want what I get. Well, there you go. Um, okay, so my wife wanted to know, how do you feel about the new animation software, SpongeBob? Well, we don't know yet. Um, I, I'm I'm uh, on the fence about whether it's a good idea or not. I don't want to, you know, uh, sabotage or anything. But uh, you know, it's it's it's. I, I'm just sad that we're not included in it, or at least I'm not included. In it. I don't know. Uh, so we we'll see. We'll see. They they have good talent. Nickelodeon knows what they're doing, and and uh, so it, it it in expanding the brand of SpongeBob, it it may be a very very good job. Execution will show, and how it's received with the uh, the audience. It's intended to. Uh, to be targeted to. Okay, and how did you feel about the uh, Super Bowl commercial for, or yeah, the Super Bowl halftime show that was? Uh, how there was the the fans wanted the petition for the what, what was the the band called for Squidward's band? Uh, uh, Ma Maroon Five? Or, no, no. Uh, 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 in SpongeBob. In yeah. SpongeBob. Um, Bikini Bottom something. Uh, Bikini Bottom. I don't even I don't even remember we had a name for a band. I can't <laughs> well, it, it was it was the Bubble Bowl where they were yeah, playing, yeah. but uh, yeah. Well, that whole episode was interesting. Uh, uh, the, the, the animators and writers uh, came up with uh, the show uh, because they discovered that song, Sweet Sweet Victory. And um, so they made the whole episode just to get to that song. And it became a, a kind of a favorite. It's, it's, it's really the, the fans' favorite uh, episode because it has a lot of things. It has the iconic uh, line of is mayonnaise an instrument and, and various other things in there. And so, um, yeah, with the uh, the passing of, of Steven Hillenburg, there was the notion. It was online that, that I think it was suggested online that they they do um, that version and as a tribute to Steven, which would have been a great idea. Um, I'm not really privy to what the ins and outs or, or why that didn't pan out. Uh, I did my uh, introduction to a generic thing. I didn't mention a band, so so when they. I don't know if it was a band saying we wanted to do our own play set. I, I really I, I can't speak for that, but uh, somehow that little scenario didn't didn't happen. But they kept something in there. The, the Nickelodeon had a presence with uh, my intro to uh, the the rap singer. I, I can't remember his name. Okay. Um, now I had someone had told me about you have probably the world's biggest collection of Nickelodeon stuff. Tell us about that. There is no probable to it. I have the biggest collection of SpongeBob merchandising, and I'm going to get Guinness to verify this. I what was this? This is only audio, so I can't show you pictures of it. But um, I'll make sure to post pictures so that people can see. Okay. I have um, this special great room that was made specifically to house these things, and thousands upon thousands of articles, and many things that, that nobody else can have because, you know, posters and stuff that were signed by the cast and, and, and various things that we got um, through the course of the run of the show. So um, I'm very proud of it. Now, they're doing a new episode of you guys in costume. Is that what it was? Not in costume. Uh, not in costume, but in live action. Well, yeah. Um, it's it's the 20th anniversary. I, it may be an hour show. I'm, I'm not sure how long uh, this is, but it's a very special show. And once again, uh, some uh, Bikini Bottom residents uh, go above water, this time in a bus, tour bus, that is an aquarium, so they can have water with them as they, they travel around uh, in the air. And they come across a, a hamburger joint. 
uh, the trusty slab, I think, is, if, I, if I remember right. Uh, everything is kind of a, you know, a doppelganger kind of thing. And they go into this hamburger joint, and we as cast members are playing basically our characters. We aren't called that. I mean, my name is Manward in, in, this, in this show, but we're playing our characters. And it was so surreal to do that. We have been watching and listening to each other in the studio record our voices for 20 years. But to be on camera doing our characters visually, everybody said, man, this is surreal. And so uh, if you, when you see it, know that I am trying really, really hard to look and act and move and, and be Squidward. <laughs> do you have a, a favorite Squidward line that we can uh, end this with? If I had a dollar for every brain you don't have, I'd have a dollar. Well, thank you very much. Uh, it's good meeting you, and hopefully you have a good rest of your weekend. Well, thank you very much, too. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to catch Neil in his natural habitat, check out his shop on the corner of 12th Street and 12th Avenue in downtown Altoona. We try to release episodes every other Wednesday. Tune in to the next episode for legendary Rob Paulson. And until we crack open the vault again, see ya. Find this on her sides, mister.